You are listening to Sick Biz Buzz with me, Hillary Jastrom. Welcome back to Sick Biz Buzz, the sixth podcast empowering chronically ill and disabled entrepreneurs and remote workers, and to our knowledge, the only podcast of its kind. Very excited to have you join us today as we are talking about a topic that is near and dear to our hearts and to our sponsor's heart as well. GMP is a huge proponent of what we are doing, helping us with our mission. And each week, I host the social interest group, Creating Success with a Disability Call. And our topic this week, as I fly solo, is going to be Creating Your Health Care Plan. So I'm super excited to have you on board. Want to give a shout out to GMP, as always, to thank them so much. And secondarily, want to invite you to please buy my book. Doesn't that sound like begging? Is that is that marketing or begging? <laughs> but please buy my book, Six Success, The Entrepreneur's Prescriptions for Turning Pain into Purpose and Profit, available at barnesandnoble.com and at their physical store as well. And then leave a review and tell me what you think about it. So we're going to jump in today and talk about creating your self-care plan. A lot of people make plans to handle their finances, to take care of their home, their children, their spouses. You even make time to get your car in for an oil change. You even make time to find a pet walker and have them come to your home so they can take care of your pet. Or you do it yourself. Hopefully you have some time to do it yourself. That is one of life's joys. Of course you do these things. It's called adulting or being adult-ish. But we don't make a self-care plan. It's a bit of a paradox. We're told by people that we should take care of ourselves. And sometimes we might even be scolded for not taking care of ourselves, especially if we have a chronic illness or a disability that tends to require a bit more of ourselves in terms of needing more sleep or needing to uh, be very conscientious about our diets. And sometimes we don't do that because we're human. And a huge reason we don't do that sometimes is justification. So we'll feel like, well, I work hard or I have this challenge and so I should have it. That's what I told myself a couple weeks ago when in one week I ate an entire tub of caramel for caramel apple. So we're always, <laughs> we're always pushing. We're always pushing. And then when we do realize we should take care of ourselves, we're deemed to be lazy or told that we are shirking our responsibilities. This is a really hard reality. It's a hard balance. I'm going to tell you a story. Once upon a time, I bought first class tickets to Dallas. And once upon a time was actually this past week. So the prior week, I had come off of having a, a bad cold, listened to the podcast during that time. And um, what Robert had called icky while I was clearing my throat. <laughs> and um, so I was coming off of that. And 
preparing to go to Dallas, I was jamming on work and I had some very late nights. I was skimping on sleep. I thought I was doing okay. I felt okay. Um, a little tired. Nothing to write home about. But that night, as we prepared to pack, I could feel it coming. And those of you who have conditions that you need to manage know exactly what I'm talking about. The impending doom, the telltale aches or the weird sensation that starts to just roll through your body. And you know it's coming. And that's exactly what happened. And I thought, oh, boy, I better get to bed. I better get to bed. And so I did. I tried to. Uh, I couldn't sleep. That's been a huge thing. And I woke up and I felt like garbage. And the more that the day went on, I knew I was in trouble. It wasn't a situation that was going to resolve itself. Um, And sometimes when I flare, I have issues with breathing. And I just can't play when, when that happens. I can do anything else. Throw me in a wheelchair. I'm tired. I can't feel my legs. That's fine. When it affects my breathing, obviously, <clears throat> I can't uh, I can't do anything. So we made it almost to the airport. We were probably 10 minutes away. And I turned to my husband and said, you know, would you be mad at me if I told you I can't go? And he said, nope, I'll take you right home. And I burst into tears. I burst into tears because I was so disappointed that I couldn't go. But I was also so relieved at having an incredibly supportive partner who understood and understands my need to take care of myself. So that brings us, that's a great lead in to what we need to talk about today. At the moment when we had almost made it to the airport, I had to make the decision that self-care was more important than anything. And I knew if we had gone through with the flight, I would not have been able to participate in the conference anyways, because I would have had to recover. And that would have meant days in the hotel room, feet away, just hundreds of feet away from all the action. It didn't make sense. So I want to invite you to think about your need to take care of yourself in the same way. But before, before you can do that, before you can build your self-care plan, we have to understand what is needed in it. We have to know the elements that are important and that are integral to our self-care plan. So let's dive into some of those elements together. And I want you to grab a piece of paper or get on your laptop or record a note in your phone because creating your self-care plan is not complex. There's a level of acceptance that comes into it. So when you're creating your self-care plan, you need to be honest with yourself about the care that you need to move forward and be the best that you can be in your life. This is not the time to lie to yourself, okay? 
sometimes I do that. And actually, this is the second trip that this has happened. So initially, I lied about doing things around the house until I ripped all the carpet off the stairs one day and my husband had to finish. And we had to go through the guilt and the sadness and everything else that that entailed because I couldn't help. But yet I had given him a job that had to be finished and I felt horribly guilty. And he was annoyed as he had every single freaking right to be. He was absolutely annoyed. Um, our stairs turned out beautiful. But that is a side note. So that was the first thing. And I had to get very honest and say, what can I do around the house? I used to repaint rooms all the time, do little projects here and there. I love doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, let's let's chip out this tile. Let's put in a new floor. I can't do that anymore. So you need to be honest with yourself. So I was doing the same thing with traveling. So think about that. I can't travel all the time. I can travel sometimes. But there has to be an exorbitant amount of preparation that goes into it. So think about that for yourself. We're going to talk about mindset, pattern interrupt, sleep, nutrition, hygiene, socialization, being active, being kind to yourself, taking your meds. And going to all your appointments. And as we talk, if anything else pops up, you know me. I'm just going to blurt it out. So, But on those topics, as we get into them, and as you start to write your self-care plan, get honest with yourself. If you need 10 hours of sleep a night, you need to make sure that that is what you're recording that that is what you're protecting and defending in yourself. We're not talking about the minimum. We're talking about this is what I need to do to function feeling as well as I possibly can. So the first element that we are going to talk about in building our self-care plan is mindset. We need to take care of our mindsets. We need to cultivate them. We need to make sure that when we are not in the right mindset because we're disappointed or we're panicky because we don't feel good or we're afraid because we're flaring horribly and fearful, we need to make sure we have a plan in place. You also need to make sure that every day you're telling yourself really, really good things. So we kind of split up on that topic. So let's go back a little bit. The idea behind the self-care plan is to ensure that you can follow it and that you have made these decisions for yourself during a time when you were feeling mentally well, physically as well as possible, so you sat down and logistically and as non-emotionally as possible created that self-care plan so that when you don't feel good and you're confused and you're not sure what to do and you're reactive, you can look at that self-care plan and say, okay, I know what I'm supposed to do because I wrote it down. It's right here. I'm not going to make a long-term emotional, 
business or life or family or health decision based on a short-term emotion. And remember, feelings are not facts. So sometimes we base our long-term decisions on what is not even factual. So that is the purpose of the self-care plan. And that is also the cultivation of the mindset. Do you see how this kind of overlaps now? The cultivation of the mindset, because we need to take care of our mindsets. It's vitally important. When I wake up every single morning, I make sure that I feed myself what my mind needs. I feed myself good information, positive information, perspective shifting information that will help me grow and stretch. I eliminate anything that's negative. That is not uh, even an interest of mine. If it's, if it's negative, I, I, I don't even go there. I don't even know how to participate in it except to banish it. There are times in my life when negative people will squeak in and I'll think to myself, what change that allowed that person into my space? Because I am fiercely defensive about my space. And so I wake up every day feeling good, even if there's a little hiccup. Like if my husband and I are having an argument or whatever. And married people, people who are living together long-term people, you know what we're talking about. We're just kind of like picking away at each other. It, I don't go to that place where it's like, it's over. I can't do this. I'm like, okay, let's let's look at this truthfully with perspective. We can handle it. And I think that way about everything in my life. And I invite you to do the same. You can handle it. You can handle your physical and emotional needs. You can handle the people in your life that are encroaching your boundaries. You can handle what you feed your brain and be responsible too. So I'll say, all right, when it comes to mindset, what's something that I can work on? Well, for me, I know that I cannot start to Netflix binge a show if I have a bunch of stuff that needs to get done. I can't do it because I know I have a very hard time with self-control. And if I make a bad decision and I miss a deadline or let myself down or a client down or anybody down, I feel bad about myself. So I look at what are some areas that are non-negotiable for me? And I do my best to say, all right, Hillary, this is an area that's tough for you with love. I acknowledge this with love, with self-love. Okay, that's okay. It's great that you're acknowledging this so that you can handle it. So there's no recrimination in building this self-care plan. There's no, but I wish I didn't have, or if I only didn't have this dumb disease or this blah, blah, blah. There's none of that. There is only self-love saying, these are the things that I need in my life. This is what I work on. 
That's your mindset piece. Make sure you're feeding your mind. Make sure you're defending a space for your mindset piece. Our second element is pattern. As I like to say, pattern interrupt. And this, again, came out on that social interest group call, which was really fantastic. And you might wonder what the heck patterns in our lives have to do with our self-care plan. But we can get stuck in a rut. And when we get stuck in a rut and our lives are too patterned and they're too predictable and even they're too safe, it can really mess you up because you're not enthusiastic anymore. You might slip into the doldrums. When we seek excitement and even we take a risk, and invite a tiny bit of fear into our lives or a little bit of anxiety. And I'm not talking about like there's a wolverine. Is that even a real animal? I don't think that's a real animal. But if there was a wolverine in your bedroom, then we're not talking about things like that. We're talking about pushing yourselves and giving yourself a realistic yet challenging goal but one that you can likely accomplish, but you will need to work for. A new, exciting infusion into your life. Somebody used the example of taking a playwriting class to give yourself something to get stoked about. This is a super fun part of customizing your self-care plan. And it's actually necessary because you are letting yourself be excited about your life. We have to seek excitement. We have to seek the adventures that we can go on. That's super important. Life is meant to be lived. And if we get into this routine of just seeking safety and stability all the time, We're actually hurting ourselves. So seek to interrupt those patterns. Now we'll move on to our third element, which is my favorite element ever. And I believe that I could meddle in this category. It's sleep. Um, I'm very proud of my ability to sleep anywhere. Some of us have the superpower. I happen to have it. Lately, I've had insomnia, I think, because my brain won't shut off. But if you have an autoimmune disease or a condition that feels better after more and consistent rest, which I do, like, it's crazy, but it's almost like um, somebody said, okay, Hillary, here's your dreaded disease, transverse myelitis, right? And over here is the temporary cure for it. And you can just go here to this cure and feel a little bit better until you need to revisit sleep again. So it's really crazy, but it is very restorative for me. Um, It quiets my flares. If I'm having a hard time breathing, I have to go to sleep because it quiets everything down in my body. It's such a heightened state of inflammation. So if you're like this, and likely if you have an autoimmune disease, you know this to be a fact. So be honest about it. You are not a person who can run on four hours of sleep. A lot of hustlers and grinders talk about, 
Well, sleep is optional. I'll sleep when I'm dead. You know what? You're going to get to dead a lot quicker if you deny yourself healing sleep. More rest can mean fewer flares on the body, less nerve pain, less susceptibility to getting ill, more stamina to do more for yourself and others. Now think about that for a minute. Yes, you are taking away time that you could be spent working on your empire, being with your family, etc. But if you do not sleep, the way that you show up for those events and those people, it doesn't matter because you are going to feel like Shatola. So we need to show up as our best self and that involves sleep. We give sleep a bad rap. It seems like we can do without it until it's critical and we crash and we forget that we're human beings that require it. We live better lives when we recharge and re-energize and heal. Do you know how many solid hours of sleep you need consistently? A lot of people have no idea what that answer is. You would find this out, and I've done a little research on this. I've done some sleep research. You would find this out by waking up consistently without an alarm. Meaning you would go to bed at a, at a certain time of night and maybe you need to take a little vacation to do this. Go to bed at a certain time of night and see when you wake up. And do this when you're not exhausted, when you're not stressed out. Try and carve out a time and learn. Are you an eight, nine, ten hour person? Are you a six hour person? We need to know what to put in our self-care plan. First, we have to figure out how many hours of sleep we need. I'm between an eight and nine hour a night sleeper person. And I didn't know that. I thought that I could get by on six or seven. Nope. I had to find out how long I would sleep without waking up with an alarm. So that was really illuminating for me. And it helped me to define what I truly need. So then I can say, well, I can't do that. Or I need to restructure this project because I'll be sleeping. On that topic, make sure that your bed is comfortable. Make sure that it is a place of respite. It's a haven that you're safe. You have blankets that are comfortable. They're the right weight. It's not too hot. It's not too cold. If you have a fan on, you're still not in a wind tunnel. I'm looking at you, husband. Make sure that you feel safe and comfortable in your bed and that you are able to sleep there and have those conditions on. Do you sleep with the TV on? I do. I'm not afraid to say that. I, I have for years and it is very hard for me to fall asleep without it. So I, I know people are going to be shaking, wagging their finger at me. I don't care. It's what I do. So figure out what works for you and um, see how it makes a difference. It will make a difference. It's crazy. Let's move on to nutrition. And I know some people are probably rolling their eyes. I'm not talking about the latest bad diet. I'm not talking about only eating goat grass, if that's a thing. It should be a thing, right? Sounds like it. Snacks and treats are fine every once in a while, and I had to scold myself after that tub of caramel. But what is the crux of your diet? 
is what we are trying to define. Do you strive to eat more vegetables and fruits, to eat fewer packaged foods, only have fast food once in a while? Moderation in your diet is the key to success. It's the key to so many goals. So choosing good nutrition means that you understand the type of fuel that goes into your body becomes your performance and expectation, your performance expectation rather. So if I eat a candy bar, I can expect I've got maybe a window of maybe 20 minutes to an hour and a half where I'm going to have that sugar rush. I'm going to be awake. I'm going to want to do things. But my performance expectation after that is I will crash. So if you eat tons of food low in nutrition and you're doing this out of convenience, like I can't plan a trip to Whole Foods. That's just too much work. I have too much to do. If you're running like crazy and you're grabbing what's there, it's really hard to eat well without putting some thought into it. You have to prepare for that as well. So what's your snacking plan? What can you do to take steps in this area? Why don't you put some cut up vegetables in the fridge with some dill dip? Why don't you put some hummus and corn tortillas in there? You know, you can eat the vegetables with the hummus, too, if that's what you like. You can do the same thing with pre-cut-up fruit. I use the pre-cut-up thing because it, it it's more expensive, but you're actually going to eat it instead of the crisper where, where good intentions go to die. We have to plan. We have to decide what we want before we are feeling hungry or desperate, and we have to work on consistently hitting this goal. So it's not a matter of, man, I'm so tired of eating all these junky snacks. Now I'm going to make every effort to do my best. Those are peaks and valleys. We want to hit for consistency. So when you're creating the nutritional aspect of your self-care plan, be honest with yourself about what that means to you, about what you need, and about your behavior. This is why a lot of diets fail because people go from one polar opposite to the next. I'm eating like shit over here. I'm having McDonald's all the time. I'm having a lot of candy bars. I'm drinking a lot of soda, whatever the case is. Pop in Minnesota. You know, you know what I'm talking about, Minnesotans? And the self-loathing comes in. I hate what I'm doing. I hate how I'm eating. I'm not proud of myself. So now I'm going to become this person and now I'm going to eat clean and organic and I'm only going to do this, this, and this. That's why it's very hard to achieve those loftier nutritional goals. Start by cutting out a little bit of fast food. Start by making one change to your diet. Get used to that, then make another one. You have a, a much higher likelihood of succeeding when you focus on one or maybe three things at a time, but definitely one thing at a time. Hygiene is a topic that came up in the social interest group call. And the reason is because it can be very enervating taking care of yourself when you have very little energy you're completely exhausted at a cellular level, not as in I need to take a nap and then I'll be refreshed like 
you're exhausted, you were laying down, you wish you were laying down. <laughs> so there are some things that you can do to take care of yourself and to do this consistently, hygienically necessitates a plan. What rules do you have for yourself? I've said this before, I refuse to work under the covers if I'm working from bed. I have to make sure I'm on top of the covers. Maybe I have a little throw blanket, but that I treat my bed more like a couch because I am putting that amount of energy and that perception of energy into my work. So I'm making sure that I have the necessary energy to do what I'm supposed to do. And if I'm under the covers, I'm feeling more sluggish. I'm not feeling as inspired. I'm not feeling as engaged with the project. So yes, okay, maybe I feel like crap. I need to work from bed today. That's fine. And that has been what's happened this week. And I don't scold myself about it. I just say, great, this is what you need this week. So it's on top of the covers. I make sure that I brush my teeth and shower. Sometimes I don't wear makeup. I maybe don't do my hair, but I'm clean and I'm on top of the covers. Those are my rules. So you have to make your own rules for hygiene. I change my clothes is the other thing. So I shoot for um, always comfy, usually leggings, oversized shirt, sweater. Knowing that I can, if I'm going to wear something like to go out in public and go to Target, for example, pick up some toothpaste, whatever, that's what I'm wearing at home. I don't work in pajamas for the same reason I don't work under the covers. Now, I'm not saying that my rules are the absolute Bible and that's what you need to abide by. For me, it ensures that I feel really engaged with what I'm doing and I'm reminding myself that I am working. I'm creating that work home life barrier. And I think for, for me anyways, that boundary is important and maybe that will be an important boundary for you. At the very least, you need to be clean and dressed in clean clothes. What can you do to follow these rules? If you're having a hard time with being really tired, what can you do? That's what I invite you to think about. Do things in stages. Get up in the morning, go to the bathroom, brush your teeth, grab your coffee, go sit in bed. Great. You've brushed your teeth. You don't have to shower right now. Maybe you can shower around noon after you have a break from a project or whatever. So it's about you creating what you need to succeed from this aspect. I have a shower chair. I'm not even ashamed to tell you that. So I can sit down in the shower because if I have to stand up and wash my hair, forget it. That is exhausting. And uh, while I may be clean when I come out, it is, it is very tiring. And my hair is not looking all that fabulous either. I mean, I don't care because I'm clean, whatever, but I have a shower chair for that reason. So what do you need? What do you need to help you succeed? It's the same in anything that we're talking about today. What do you need to help you succeed in these areas? So moving on to socialization, a huge 
and vital part of your self-care plan, especially if you're home by yourself. Isolation can create feelings of anger or being resentful about our situations. We might be more prone to anxiety or sadness, feel more tired or lethargic. And we are social creatures, even those of us who are introverts. Yes, we need alone time to recharge, but it's crucial to see a smile in person, to hear laughter, to share a memory or a joke. Spending time with other people is a mood booster. It is one of the reasons that we are alive. And so we have to defend our right to be around other people. Sometimes that involves the creation of your network online. Get up. This is the next one. Get up. Get up off the couch. There are several people in my life who struggle with depression from time to time. I have asked them what makes the most difference in their lives and what helps them the most with their symptoms. Staying active and having a routine was super high on the list. Maybe go for a walk, run a couple of errands, clean a room in your house. The point is to be active on a regular basis. And it's really interesting because this seems to be the exact opposite of what your body wants. I want to lay here. I want to be in bed. I want to eat a bunch of bad food. I want to not care about anything. I want to not attend to anything. But actually, doing the opposite of what your brain is telling you to do will help you. It creates adrenaline if you go for a walk, especially if you get your cardio up, you get that cardiac rate up. That helps you because it creates a different reality for you. You're up. You're moving. You have purpose. You're telling yourself you have a purpose. I did this today. I was productive today. I accomplished this today. Sometimes that is a huge delineating factor. One of my kids says when they let their academic schedule slide, that turns into themselves letting themselves down and they go back and they know that they need that routine because the routine is the act of taking an action But it also tells you that you are accomplishing something and making a difference in your own life and likely in the lives of others. So try to resist staying in bed. Yes, sometimes you'll need to do that. But when it comes to, in particular, and in my case, I'm not saying in everybody's case and I'm not diagnosing anybody, but when it comes to dealing with depression, Doing the exact opposite is what is going to help you get active, get up, get going. This is when having your self-care plan is crucial because you're not going to feel like following anything and you will want to make a decision based on how you're feeling. But we know that's the exact opposite of this plan. That's why you have the plan. So when you feel like that and you say, wow, I want to make this decision to stay in bed and you know that's not good for you, 
grab that self-care plan. What am I supposed to be doing today? What am I doing every day? Be kind to yourself. When you need to rest, rest. When you need to take a moment to reflect, then do so. However, you're answering the need to take care of yourself. Be kind to yourself. Stop scolding yourself about what you should be doing. Even if you fail on your health care plan for a day or a couple of days, it doesn't mean that you can't start again. There's no rule about, well, I screwed up and so I can never do this again because I'm a big failure and I can't do anything. That's not what this is about. You're not going from zero to 100. You are retraining yourself, your mind, and your body about what is good for you. So be kind to yourself as you go. You're doing what you should be doing. Even when you're thinking about doing it, you're taking care of yourself. You're learning how to take care of yourself. And this is especially true if you're a person who never learned that or if you're a person who never had that modeled for you. What does it mean to take care of yourself? It means to love yourself. And if that and if you don't know what that means, and that is not uncommon, by the way, then think about how you would take care of a child. What does that child need? And you do the same for you. Is that child tired? Are they hungry? Do they need a bath? Do they they need a bedtime story? Do they need a little bit of adventure? You take care of that child in that way and you do so without any recriminations of them. And this is doing the same for yourself. You're loving yourself like a child. Take your meds. This is our second to last aspect. Take your meds. If they were prescribed for you, if they're helping you, if they're alleviating your symptoms, if they make you better in a sense, not cured, but they improve your life, they ensure you can get to work, that you can handle your responsibilities, then take your medication. It is there to help your body. Whether that's Western med, alternative meds, whatever the case is, whatever your personal medicinal therapies are or treatments, take your medication. So many people say, well, I feel better. I stopped taking my medication. It's not designed to be taken for a period of time and then to be gotten off of. And I'm speaking in terms of chronic illness for ongoing prescriptions. I'm not talking about short-term prescriptions that are addressing an infection or something of that nature. If you were prescribed medications on an ongoing basis for mental or physical, real diagnoses or challenges, disorders, diseases that you have, take your medications. It's important. It's not something that you even need to think about. It's not something that requires any level of emotional investment. It is just simply what it is. It's important that you take your medication. It's important that we stop justifying why we're not taking our medication. This self-care plan does not include any measures of justification for not doing 
what we are supposed to do. And medication is a huge part of that. A lot of people say, well, it makes me feel this way. I don't like it. All right, go back and work with your doctor. But take your medication. It's there to help you. If you feel it's not helping you, work with your doctor. So maybe it's not just take your meds, but work with your doctor to get to a place with your medication where you feel good. This is another aspect of that plan that you're going to continue to work on, much like nutrition or sleep. Sometimes we need different prescriptions. Sometimes one medication that's going to work for somebody over here may not work for you. So you need to go back and have that prescription change. You need to talk to your doctor. If you don't trust your doctor, get a different doctor. But your doctor should be your advocate in your journey. So take your meds, figure out what works for you, get to the point where you are at your best self from this standpoint. And finally, go to therapy and all your doctor's appointments. Do you know therapy and mental health meds are shown to work better in combination than either work alone? It makes sense because you're doing the mindset work and then you have that medicinal edge to it. So keep your appointments for regular maintenance too and do address any early concerns you have. Here's an example. When I start feeling a little crappy, I have to figure out if it's because I'm having a flare or am I having a new episode that's going to require some neurologic intervention. I have to figure that out. But I have to have that commitment to myself to say I care enough about me to go to my doctor's appointments, even if they're scary. And I know some are scary. I know they're scary. They might give you new information. You might be diagnosed with an entirely different condition. I know that's scary. But when we go early, then we can address those concerns. We have a better chance of recovering. It's important. If you, if you need to go to therapy, and that's on a totally different hand here. So on the one hand, we have our physical doctor's appointments and therapy is on the other hand. If you need to go, that's okay. And there's no shame in that there's no there should be no worry about feeling bad it is hard to be a human being in this world and i think it gets harder every day and every year because we have many many things and sometimes not very good things that are competing for our time we may, we may have uh, toxic people we have screens coming at us all the time bombarding us so that we cannot Find those moments of serenity in our life like we used to be able to. And I grew up in the 70s, in the 80s. And so you could just go outside, sit under a tree, lay in the grass, look at the clouds, run your fingers through the blades of grass and get grounded. You could do that and nobody could find you. You could decide to take the phone off the hook and nobody could find you. We don't carve out these times for ourselves anymore. So there's a lot coming at you. There's a lot of change. You might be recovering from trauma. You might have anxiety. 
and you're looking for a place to be safe. There's nothing wrong with going to therapy. I was in therapy off and on for decades. And it always helped me, except for one time I had this guy that didn't help me at all. But besides that, it usually helped me. And if you do go to a therapist and it's not working for you, find another one. You're creating a relationship of somebody who's getting to know you and who is they're helping you manage your, your mental health. So go to your therapy and all your doctor's appointments, especially your regular maintenance ones. Address anything early on that needs attention. Also want to share what's working with you as you create your self-care plan so that other people can benefit. A huge part of maintaining your health has, has to do with how you give back to other people. And when you do that, you feel like you have a purpose in life. We need to know that our footprint on this planet matters. So feel free to let people know what is and is not working for you. You might help them in more ways than you know. When you share your pain, when you share the mistakes that you have made, you save other people from that same path that you took and you save them pain and angst. That's really important. Your self-care plan is individual to you. You might have more components in your self-care plan that we did not talk about today on this podcast and that is completely fine. This is a small list to get you going. But the goal is that you're going to make plans to enable yourself to be your best self. It's critical to create this plan as a fallback for those days when you are not feeling up to putting a lot of healthy thought into your care. That's the major reason for this plan. It takes that pressure off of you to advocate for yourself when you're not feeling up to it. When you're not in the right emotional mindset, you will not make the best decisions for yourself long-term or short-term. You'll panic, choose what is convenient, or justify your behaviors. We all do this. Having a plan helps you avoid these situations and live consistently. So those were the components of your self-care plan. I'm going to listen up very briefly again to make sure you've got them all written down. The first is mindset. Second was pattern or pattern interrupt. The third was sleep. Then we had nutrition, hygiene, socialization, being active, being kind to yourself, taking your meds, and going to therapy and all your doctor's appointments. I hope this was helpful for you to build your self-care plan and that your life will start to improve even just a little bit. Did you like what you heard? Please listen, subscribe, share, and leave a review for Sick Biz Buzz wherever podcasts are available. And don't forget to visit sickbiz.com for some of the greatest, most inspirational content, resources, hacks, and support that's available to our very special community of chronically ill and disabled entrepreneurs, freelancers, and remote workers. 
You can listen to the podcast, find a job if you need to on our job board. And we always have new opportunities coming up with different companies to allow you a variety of choices for your professional occupation. In addition, if you are feeling like you could use some mental health support, we've got you covered. We're working in conjunction with a couple of mental health resources to make sure that our beautiful community is taken care of and there's no stigma for reaching out and getting the help that you need. In fact, in this world today, it is becoming rarer for people not to need some assistance in their life to move forward and to overcome emotional and mental hurdles. Finally, don't forget to text SICKBIZ to 36260 and receive our resources in the palm of your hand. Yes, that's right. You can get it right to your phone and listen to our podcast. Look for a job online, a mental health resource, or simply immerse yourself into one of our many blogs offering the tools that you need to get ahead. So much inspiration, so much encouragement, so much love and acceptance is waiting for you. You might even think of this app as a coach in your pockets. We have lots of other things coming up as well, and you will want to be part of our SickBiz Facebook group. We'll be auctioning off a painting by a very well-known artist, and we are always running some sort of promotion or giveaway, and it's a lot of fun and certainly not to be missed. That's it for today's episode of Sick Biz Buzz. Until next time, be well.